Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. thanks, guys. We, we really appreciate you coming into the studio. Thank you. But um, look, don't call us. We'll get in touch with your management. Okay. It's fantastic. Right. Good. Thanks a lot. Okay. What was that? That was oh, terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was worth a try going live in, in it, studio. It was. Yeah. I mean, we saw the ad. We'll give it that much. Um, but, yeah, no, I wasn't expecting right. that. We will, I promise you, we will get there for the walk-on song. We'll find it. It's going to be. We'll find it. That's not it. It's out there somewhere. Look, hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test, and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard. Hello. And a recent addition to the editorial team. We call him M4 because there are now four mats on staff. So welcome, M4. Thank you. Thanks for having me along. We're going to talk about Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, the whole truck, roadster, Anyway. What aren't they building? Yep, we'll get to there. We're also going to talk about who isn't making a dual cab ute. Well, you know, it's a small pool of brands that aren't uh, in that particular uh, fist fight. Kia's in the game from 2021, so we're going to talk about that. But first, M4. MG, what's going on with MG? You've been to a launch with them today in Sydney. Uh, The car is not built in the UK. It's not a sports car. What is built? What is MG twenty? It's been kicking around. There have been a few kind of half-hearted trip ups to get the thing going here. What what's the story? Well, that's a good question. Um, they are attempting to rebirth the brand. Obviously, a UK brand with quite a lot of heritage. Just, do you mean rebirthing by taking off the compliance plate, buying a car at auction? <laughs> on the car? No, that's clarified. No, that's no, okay, that's fine. not what I'm talking about. Okay, no, fine. Just just to be clear, MG is not. Yeah. They're not in the rebirth And it doesn't involve Mark Geyer, rugby league legend. That's right. Okay, fine. Um, Or actual birthing. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting off topic already. Sorry. Um, sorry. It's not normally like this. Is it a water birth? Oh, yeah, it would be. Sorry. Sorry. What I went to was the uh, reveal, the Australian reveal of the MG ZS, which is the brand's new addition to the small SUV segment. So think Mazda CX-3. In fact, it looks quite a bit like a Mazda. Is the small, it's the medium SUV that's the fastest growing segment or is small SUV? Small's the fastest growing, but medium's the biggest selling. Selling, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, um, yeah, so MGZS going up against HRV, CX3, Kona, Kona ASX, all those sorts of cars. Yep. Um, and so an important car for them um, as an entry point to their SUV range. They've got the GS yep. as well, yep. uh, which is a slightly bigger car. Yes. This is one of the biggest small SUVs in the segment, yep. but um, fairly roomy in the back. That's yes. the biggest thing about it. It's, you know, Chinese cars have this tendency to have quite a lot of rear leg room um, because people like to be driven around. Yeah. And so that's sort of flowed through to this car and it's roomier than what you find and in I, HRV. Look, I, and I read your story on the pricing and spec on the site. Um, carsguide.com.au by the way <laughs> and uh, it seems weird some of the Chinese brands they have this thing whereby even the the closer to base models have what we would consider to be fairly upmarket stuff like mm-hmm. there's a bit of leather flying around mm-hmm. there's um, features and things that would be in a top spec model of other brands 
make it right in there from the base level. Is that the case here? Yeah, they get an eight-screen, uh, sorry, eight-inch touchscreen media system with CarPlay. Yeah, which is you know pretty good. No yep. maps, but that's fairly much standard these days as well. Yeah, um, yeah, leather trim, um, and you've got six airbags and a reversing camera and rear sensors and right. so it's it's not like it's a stripper yeah. um, there is a cheaper version coming she which, was at the birth that's right <laughs> yeah sorry it was afterwards yeah okay um and yeah there's a cheaper version coming although these two are already cheap like twenty thousand nine ninety for the base model one right with an automatic gearbox yep and then the next one up is twenty three nine ninety and that's plus on road costs yep right yeah. Okay. But you will get drive-away deals. Okay, sweet. Um, and it's the sort of thing, I mean, it's going to get people in the door just because it's a good-looking car. Okay. And it looks like we've already sort of had a discussion in the office. It kind of looks like this is what the CX-3 should have looked oh, like. Oh, wow. And to put so, it diplomatically, it looks as though the designers at MG have been inspired <laughs> by a few well-established models, yeah? You could say that. All right, bit of yeah. bit of Mazda in there, yeah. bit of... Mm. Toyota, no, a bit, no, bit of Hyundai. Yeah, Looks maybe a, a little bit of Hyundai. They've got, there. yeah, the, mm. the rear taillights are a mix between a Kona and a Renault Clio mm. sort of look. It's it's a pretty good looking little thing. All right. Um, but another, a blatant ripoff. Well, another thing to get people through the door that they're trying to pitch this as, you know, they're saying that it's got fun to drive characteristics because it's an MG. Oh, uh, wow. So, it's got, so they're leveraging the MG thing. Yeah, Yeah, they're trying to build okay. on this whole, you know, we were once a sports car brand. Did they, right. look, I've, I've been to these events before with MG, did they push the Britishness of it? Did you get a whole little collector pack of, you know, Yodi Because the bag, the bag like you that. walked into the office with had an MGB stenciled on it. Uh, yes. It did. That's what I'm talking and about. And that's as far as it went in terms of referencing the old days. Right. Um, they are, obviously they're looking at doing something more sporty because they are you know, renowned sports car brand. They've got... But it's a different brand now. It is now. Yeah. And the, the fact is that SUVs where the growth is and that's where they're heading. Yeah. Um, they've also done other cars like the MG3, the little hatchback, which is pretty average, mm. uh, and the MG6, which was also pretty poor. And um, was the obvious question asked in terms of whether they ever intend to make a, a sports car again? It was asked by me. Yeah. Good on you. What yeah. What well, they there say? you go. They, they said it was a good reason. They why. said, did you see the MG E-Motion concept? Okay. So this was uh, an electric concept they showed off a little while ago. You'll find it on carsguide.com.au okay. slash oversteer. Gotcha. Um, and it looks like a Mazda 6 coupe. It sure um, <laughs> does. It sure does. <laughs> and with funky wing doors. So, I mean, right. that's so what there was a hint that they'd, they'd put that down the production line at some stage. Yeah. So the word was that, you know, that car was made of proper metal with proper plastic. It's not that far away from production. Apparently, it's going to be coming in about 2020. Mm. With an electric motor or with an internal combustion? Well, that's the big question. Okay. I mean, you have a look at the cars that they've launched today. There's So the ZS, ZS, however you want to say it, yep. there's two engines, a 1.5 with a four-speed auto. Oh, yeah, right on the leading, right. the bleeding edge. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes. and a But a high-tech one-litre three-cylinder turbo with a six-speed auto. So, yes, that makes mm. perfect sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, Matt, as far as I know, it's a little bit of a different situation in terms of like Volvo being owned by Geely, uh, another Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Um, Volvos continue to be made in Sweden, but MGs, all these are made in China, aren't they? Mm. It's a straight up Chinese company. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what's 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 MG about it? Is there do they just get rights to the they licenses, licensed products? They or? still do some Britishness to it. So there are some British people that work there. I think they do some <laughs> British tuning and stuff like that. So they've got a European arm as well yeah. where, you know, a lot of these companies... Yeah. I mean, Sake's one of the biggest companies that's... Yeah, it the, is. The Shanghai Automotive Industry And that's Commission the, pe- that's the parent yeah. company. That's it, yeah. yeah. But there's, so, to me, there's nothing There's no nothing MG about it. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apart from the badge, that's there's, there's nothing or really the MG about it. Mm. And, I mean... I think that's where they're going to really struggle, to yeah. be honest. Like, it's not like Mini. I mean, it is, or it is it like Mini in terms no. of no, no, it's not. It's not. And mm. and when when are we going to see it in the shops that don't exist yet? Well, they've got ten dealers now. Oh, the, um, okay. Yeah, prospective dealers or actual these are actual glass boxes with cars inside. Real real dealers. Um, okay. The car is Great. real dealers. Car is on sale today. Terrific. On sale, so you can go and okay. order one today. That yep. doesn't mean you've you're drive away in one today you should get one by christmas if you want it uh and they've promised us that we'll get a drive of it in the future hopefully before april next year when they said that could be when we get it. there is a cooling off period though i presume how do you how do you mean if you've you know if you have second thoughts (laughs) once you get the car or just (laughs) first thoughts yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean it's a hot segment there's a lot of options out there. so it needs a cooling off period yeah Yeah. (laughs) um all right look I think with that, MG, watch this space, 10 spaces around the country for that car <laughs> wow. to go into and people to go and have a look at and maybe some of them will actually buy one. So MG is back, it would appear, this time. Again. Um, but speaking of unexpected arrivals, we had word this week that Kia, well-known brand, on the up and up in terms of design and quality and volume and all that stuff. We've spoken at length on this podcast about the Stinger and all this terrific product they've got coming. After earlier denials, they finally said, well, actually, yes, we are going to build uh, a dual cab ute to compete with the likes of the Hilux and the Ranger and Triton and on and on it goes. You know, um, It's looking like by the end of the decade, we'll be selling about, the, 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 the various companies will be selling about 80,000 of these things every year. And by 2021, Kia will be in there with one of its own. Damien yep. Meredith, the, the MD of the business in Australia, has said, yep. We're going to do it. What do we make of that, Richard? I think it's fantastic. This will sell like the proverbial hot cake. Um, it's taken a long just one cake, just one hot cakes. Sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that Ute will really sell that one Ute. No, look, um, look. It's been it's been expected that Kia would 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 do something like this. Um, it seems to have taken a while. Um, Kia is now a really respected brand in Australia. At the Kinga, the the Kia Stinger launched recently. I'm um, by a Kinger. <laughs> the Kia Kinger. It's, it's yeah. still to come out. That's the name of the Ute. <laughs> That's royalty. Actually, that could be a name for the Ute. Yeah. Um, look, I just think a Kia Ute would sell really well. It would take on Hilux. It would take on Ranger. And take on the BT50. Well, they've really well. got a flying start, haven't they? Mm. Because Hyundai's already out there with you know plans to build the Santa Santa Cruz. Mm. Which is mm. which is going to be their dual cab ute, or maybe mm. that's just what the concept car was called. I'm yeah, not sure. That whole situation's a bit murky because they were, they were going to do one a lifestyle focused ute for the US market, right. which would be smaller than the usual sort of utes that Truck they get there in there, so yep. the, the F150 style. Yeah, so smaller than that, but not as big as a Ranger was sort of what they were suggesting. Ah, okay, um, right. and it was de- derived from a Tucson. 
yeah. that thing. So, but this new generation Ute from Kia, and we obviously assume it'll be a shared product between it and mm. Hyundai. Um, it'll be its own platform. You All right. Imagine. Okay. I and get you. They're not going to be sharing it with any other company. No, it's not going to be a Navara no. that's badged as a Kia or anything yeah. like that. Or yeah. as a Renault or a, exactly. you know, yeah. whatever's. Mm. All right. Yeah. And you can imagine that it'll do pretty well. I mean, like you say, Kia's got a, a good brand now. It mm. didn't have it a while ago, but it does now. And with that seven-year warranty, can you imagine? Plus, they've yeah. got oh, those yeah. excellent diesel engines. Mm. And it's worth know. it's worth um, reinforcing the fact that Damon Meredith, Meredith said they wouldn't sell it without the seven-year warranty. Yeah. That that's a key advantage in the market for them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're determined uh, to apply the seven-year warranty to that as a commercial vehicle. And you know it will look amazing. I mean, every single Kia that's out Do now I? looks sexy as. It, it'll, right. it'll be a good-looking Ute. I reckon it'll probably be even better looking than the X-Class Mercedes-Benz. Well, that's not hard. Not hard. It's an ugly car. But <laughs> it'll be good looking. Right. Mm. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, so it's going to be a packed field. You know, everybody, I think it was, I want to say it was something like 2015 was the year of the dual cab ute. Everybody mm-hmm. refreshed their product. Yep. New Hilux, new Ranger, new Triton, new Navara, new BT50 mm. Mazda. On mm-hmm. it went. Mm-hmm. And that really seemed to be the catalyst for a firing up of that whole market. And the change was that they stopped being strict work trucks and became a kind of dual purpose work and play yep. family transport on the weekends work truck during the week mm. they've all gone that way they're really successful a lot more comfortable a lot of them running coil springs at the rear to give you that mm. comfort and yeah why wouldn't kia get in there so it's going to be an even more crowded thing it'll be fantastic to watch mm-hmm. you know as they all uh, punch on in the in the dual cab ute segment be fantastic all right, let's uh, let's leave it there, and we're going to move on to uh, where are we? Tesla, Tesla. Thank you, Tesla. I, we were going to do Tesla next, anyway. Elon Musk. Uh, during the week, we all watched with bated breath as on the screen was ostensibly the release of an electronic truck, as in a big prime mover. And sure enough, at the end came the big surprise, which was a Tesla Roadster. Now, Tesla kicked off with a Roadster, which was a thinly veiled Lotus Elise-based mm-hmm. um, Roadster with electric motor. And the circle is closed, and he's now come back to another Roadster. Extraordinary claims of uh, 10,000 newton metres of torque and uh, 0 to 100 kmh in 1.9 seconds, and uh, on it goes. Mm-hmm. And you start to think, gee, this all sounds just a bit too good to be true. And I'm, my, my sceptical brain is going to, yeah, I think it is all too good to be true. I think this could actually be the beginning of the end of Tesla. Um, let, let, me run, let me run a few figures by you. According to Bloomberg, um, the next quarterly result for Tesla will be a $619 million loss on the back of losses for every quarter so far. The business has not made any money. Um, they're losing, at the moment, in the ramp-up of the Model 3, the compact car, $8,000 a minute, which equates to 480 k an hour. Um, now, that, that is an unsustainable business plan, um, if ever I've seen one. Elon Musk is also asking for 250k up front for people that put their hand up for one of these roadsters, which is very much like Preston Tucker. You know, um, I'm putting this car out here, but I want to get paid for it before uh, I I actually put it into your driveway. Yeah, it sounds Um, like a bit of a Nigerian scam, doesn't it? uh, At the same time, their share price has gone up. 
3%. It's over $300, which gives them a market capitalization of $53 billion. So what on earth do we make of it? Matt, M4, where are we on that? It's a good question. I, I'm with you, James. I'm not really sure where this is going. I sort of think there's a lot of smoke and a lot of mirrors and we don't really know where Tesla's going to end up. I mean, what they've done is start a conversation about electric cars, which is a great move. It needed to happen. They needed a catalyst for that to happen. The other car brands are uh, being pushed and egged on by this. You know, they don't talk about cars. Like, you talk to the head of Mercedes, Audi, BMW. They don't talk about electric cars. They talk about Tesla rivals. Mm. And that says a lot about what that brand is. True. And that's what it is. It's a brand. Yes. And I think that's where the, the divide is between a brand and an actual car company. Now, it would seem that uh, Silicon Valley in California is sort of an incubator for people that are going to change the world and they're going to do it via new technology and new ways of thinking and there becomes this cultish kind of worship of people that come out of Silicon Valley. Elon Musk seems to personify that. Um, he he is starting to believe his own uh, publicity maybe. Richard, what, what do you make of it? Look, you could, you mean... I'm I'm trying to see this um, as a as a glass half full sort of uh, situation. Um, it's really easy to see it as you know this is Tesla's just about to you know go completely belly up. But um, look, I think as you said, it's a very Silicon Valley type of thing. They build the dream in their minds before they can build the dream in reality. And I think that's yeah, what's happening exactly. here. We've got exactly. Tesla is SpaceX. Tesla is Hyperloop. It's the boring company. Tesla is now now a truck builder it's a car builder um yeah but is it because they're struggling to actually build the the model three yeah i think there's there's definitely a cult like status um in terms of the 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 fans and the popularity um but this this roadster's amazing like zero to 101.9 standing 400 meters quarter mile in in 8.9 seconds that's the fastest car on the planet but and it will be let's yeah exactly and the, la- I, the last three words are the telling ones but i think that, let's wait and see that yeah. hype could get this thing over the line or it could be the death knell for the entire thing yeah i think tesla it looks like they've bit off more than they can chew yeah well they'll all be chewing very hard <laughs> um let's put it that way yeah so Thank you. Let's draw a line under that one there. Our long-term sponsor, the Winton Motor Company, is proudly celebrating its centenary in 2017. Oh. Frosty in the Winton PR team has raided the archives and we're going to run a series of classic ads from the brand's extensive back catalogue. We think this one's from the earliest days of Radio Australia, radio in Australia in the early 1920s. Enjoy. Dispense with a horse and save the expense and anxiety of keeping it. To run a motor carriage costs about one half cent a mile, and the Winton motor carriage is the best vehicle of its kind. It is handsomely, strongly, and yet lightly constructed and elegantly finished. Easily managed. Speed from 3 to 20 miles an hour with a hydrocarbon motor that is simple and powerful. No odor, no vibration. Suspension wire wheels, pneumatic tires, and ball bearings. The Winton Motor Carriage. Right in for a catalogue today. And we're back. God, yeah, Frosty, he's, uh, he's a magician. The stuff, I'm looking forward yes. to seeing what else comes out of the, uh, the Winton PR archives. The archives. He's an absolute font of all knowledge, that man. He is. Um, anyway, look, and I should mention, um, further to the, the Tesla conversation, it's worth mentioning that from a local point of view, 
the arrangement between Tesla and the South Australian government to install what is effectively the world's biggest lithium-ion battery, it's happened. Yeah. It's, it's been installed. It's up and running. It, it's um, in Jamestown or just outside Jamestown, South Australia, mid-north of South Australia. It has enough capacity to power up around 30,000 homes for more than an hour. So it's, a, it's like the, the jerry can that you have in the boot. Um, electricity-wise. So if they run into a superstorm or something that knocks out a lot of power, it's there as a backup. So there's some concrete kind of um, action on the back of some very bold words to, yeah. to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, he did say to them, we'll do it in 100 days or it's free. Yes. Yeah. He hasn't that's said that to old, any of his customers. Fair old motivator. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Maybe he should. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll move on. Um, locally, Citroën, a brand that some of our listeners... Probably most of our listeners will be aware of, but it's a pretty low-profile um, kind of a, a French brand. Long and storied history, fascinating uh, designs, some iconic shapes and uh, really great cars along the way. Not exactly setting the world on fire in Australia right now, it, it, it would be fair to say. Yep. And the importer and distributor for Australia has changed hands, I think, during the course of 27. It may have been late in 2016. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Um, but the latest move to try and shore up consumer confidence and make Citroen a, a, you know, a really good option is to cut the length of the warranty in half. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So they, they had a six-year warranty out there, um, but now – and it was unlimited kilometres. But now it's three years and 100,000 kilometres. So that gets you thinking positively about do Citroen, doesn't Why it? Why would they do that? So, uh, the, so the, I think the technicalities around it are that it used to be a, a – spliced warranty system so yeah. three years and unlimited or three years and a hundred was paid for by the factory yep and then the rest was locally backed ah right yeah. and so the locally backed that other bit, three yeah that's yes. gone so, so they've lost the other three years and the unlimited bit yeah <laughs> so it's now down to three years hundred thousand k which is your standard that's tsa right. uh, uh, warranty that they would presumably yep. give mm. to all of their distributors and subsidiaries around the world yeah so the new importer's gone mm, yep we're not going to pay that mm. and look i suppose we're a bit close to it we're, we're in constant touch with the car market someone who's coming fresh into the new car market mm. is going to assess citron as a proposition alongside everybody else mm-hmm. they're not necessarily aware that it used to be six years now it's three years having said that though it's still not a great it's not a great sort of look is it you know no no i would think you know french brands generally don't have the best reputation for reliability and long-term ownership Positivity? Is that a myth, though? No, it's Born not. Born out of Renault in Australia in the 1970s and not being suitable for Australian No, no, my, my parents own a Citroen DS3 and it's more Ooh. than three years old. What problems do they have? Oh, a couple. What, no, what um, about with the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Mate, I've, oh, I, don't, I don't want to go into details. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to yeah, know. You and I, I, I think we were five years in the other night when we used... Well, you were tearing up. Anyway, the um, the car's a lovely car, uh, but I think I've, I also know of other people who have had uh, issues with Peugeots and those sorts of vehicles. Mm. Um, yep. And there, it's it's just a thing that you've got to deal with. You either di- you you go with a European and you you roll the dice a little bit, or you can go with something one of the Koreans, for example. Mm. It's get interesting. The better warranty. It's interesting, Richard. You mentioned Renault because out of any of the French brands, Renault is the one that seems to be in the, the on the best financial footing, yeah. healthiest mm. in terms of yep. volume. You know, nice solid dealer network, yep. all of that stuff. Mm. Um, it really is the Peugeot Citroen um, 
pair that that are um, on Struggle Street at the moment. That's yeah. true. And look, look, as as motoring journalists, we only get these cars for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Citroen. I think the the Cactus is pretty good, and you know that automatic transmission is a bit dodgy in my opinion. But um, I oh, know yeah. they've changed it. Now. Oh, they've changed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the diesel. Yes, that's yeah, right. That's gone. They oh, had a Dodge super. automatic transmission. <laughs> yeah. Dodge doesn't. Not yeah. a French yeah. brand, surely. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> special alliance. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know the Citroen Grand Picasso, Civic Picasso was pretty cool too. But we only get them for a week, mm-hmm. so we don't know what they're like long term over ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, so you, there are. You, you've heard of a few reliable. Yes. The, the Grand Picasso is the one that has three doors on one side, yeah. one on the other, both yeah. headlights on yes. one side, two, <laughs> two, and two windscreens. That's right. Two, two windscreens on the <laughs> side of the car. <laughs> Very I love art. it though. Yeah. I love it. Very French. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll watch that space. It seems like they're kind of clearing the decks, as it were. All right, we're in charge now. We're going to go to what we believe is the right kind of support. Um, mm-hmm. for, for the new models. And as well, um, Citroen, Picasso are the new owners of Commodore and Astra as well. Yeah, PSA owns yeah. Opel How now. How is that going to affect... they own Vauxhall, you're right. Mm. Yeah. So how is that going to affect uh, Commodore down the track? And uh, I th- but look, mm. the, the, the way that is likely to go, you'd think, is that after this generation of Commodore, Holden will be looking to... General Motors in the States for some kind of platform. Mm. I, I looks like we're staring down the barrel of an Impala or, or mm. something else that's a large-ish sedan. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll watch that space, see how that unfolds. Let's so let's be honest, it's not going to happen. There won't be sedans anymore. There's yeah, no such well, thing good as point. sedans. Yeah, great. Five. We're just going to have eggs. They're going to be pods, like yeah. SUV-shaped pods. They'll be yeah. five-door hatchbacks and SUVs. That's all it'll be. Do you and know teleport what? booths. I've got a theory. Like the SUV thing, it's over. Like it's, I'm telling you, it's just a fad. Like it's all, and seriously, we're going to go back to sedans. It's all just a fad. It's like spooky dokies. It's like flares. It's all going to be over soon. Okay. Yeah, I, give it, I give it five I'm, years. I'm happy to say I don't know what spooky dokies are. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we're going we're gonna to move on. Ah, Richard. Um, this week, the United Nations designated a day as World Television Day. Fantastic. Yeah. Forget new media. Forget... Uh, the digital world, television. So let's go back in time and each of us nominate our favourite car-oriented, maybe even car-focused, car is the star, uh, television program, uh, M4. What what pops into your mind when you're thinking about your favourite TV car show? Well, there's the obvious one. Uh, I did like the early days of Top Gear. Um, I also loved Fifth Gear. Fifth Gear was a brilliant show with a bit more of a focus on actual testing of cars, which was genuinely interesting to someone who loved cars yes um vicky double barrel surname and yep. um uh, tiff johnny Nadell. smith tiff nadel tiff needle yeah. yeah fantastic um there's also uh, there was a british show i can't remember what it was called but they they were given 500 pounds and they bought a piece of rubbish car and then they did it up i can't remember what it was called yeah. it was terrific yeah. i would love to do that yeah great yeah so um so out of those what are you thinking the early days of top gear was know. probably your your Sweet spot? Not not really early. The no. really early days well, were a bit boring. Yeah. They were a bit boring. But yeah. the early second coming of Clarkson, Tom yeah. Gear. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've made a huge mistake, uh, James and, and, and Matt. Uh, when when before we even started this and you said to me, What do you try and think of your favourite car shows? I my mine are Magnum and, and Dukes of Hazard. That's fine. That's yeah, okay. They're car related. They're car shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. okay. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> so I can see a short pants Richard 
kind of in sitting Daisy in front Dukes. of the TV watching Daisy Duke <laughs> <laughs> do her thing. Uh, oh, hold on, I can't get that image out of my mind. <laughs> okay, so which um, one of those? Magnum, uh, look, P. Magnum, I, Magnum uh, was it a 308 GTB? I think it was a, probably the injected one, a GTI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or GTBI, um, whatever it was called. And uh, I think uh, uh, the Dodge Charger from Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. Um, Loved it. And With the was very politically correct Confederate flag on yeah, the turret. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, yeah, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Did you know that they went through three, 271 General Lees during the filming of that television show? Wow. I'm, I'm not surprised. And the 20, wow. today, 20 still remain okay. in all states of disrepair. Yeah, wow. 270-something, mm. did you say? 271. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's extraordinary. Anyway, my program, I like... <laughs> It's actually stretching the television thing because I do watch it on a television, right. but it's more an online series, uh, which is called um, Barn Find Hunters. Oh, yeah. And it's Tom Cotter who wrote the original book, The Cobra in the Barn. And he's a guy, he's in his early 60s now, and he's been out there hunting down rare cars and looking for prospects to pull out of a barn and, and make some dough. And it's sponsored by uh, Haggerty, the insurance company in the US. I reckon that's really clever. They just get him out there with a crew. They're really agile. They come into town, uh, ask around, stop at the garage, stop at the dealer, who's got old cars, and they actually seek out cars, find them, and uh, there's often really interesting cars in town that are for sale. He doesn't buy them, but he just says, look, if I can find these, so can you. So it's Haggerty's way of getting people into right. this collector car hobby. Right. He's a really engaging guy. He asks all the right questions in a very polite way. And uh, he's written many books um, on this kind of hobby of his. Really terrific. Um, I enjoy that thoroughly. Sounds like we're on the same sort of track there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could do a Cars Guy but TV I do, show. But I do like, the, I do like the, uh, the restoration of, of cars, bringing them back to life. That's, that's a beauty. Yeah, mm. there's also Project Binky. I'd recommend that very highly um, online. These guys are just Frankensteining a mini with the drivetrain of a GT4 Celica. Yes. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, which is terrific. If just go, just Google or head to uh, YouTube and go Project Binky. You'll, you'll love that as well. It's fantastic. Um, all right, we're getting close to the finish line, I think. Um, uh, we're about to wrap up, but, but before we go, let's have a word from our colleagues at Oversteer. What happens when you put three hooligans together in one room? You get a podcast full of hectic banter. Hummer is for any rugged man. This manly scent possesses oh, well, a blend. That, that, that rules me right out. <laughs> Jeez. Stupid stories. It's it's a cruise ship with all the insides scooped out, water fills it up, and then you put a pirate ship in the middle. It's nothing more gangster than a ship in a ship. You're an idiot. And some discussion about cars. So we've got the K cars as well. What do you guys think? There's this new Honda Sports concept there. I think it looks so cool. It, it does look a bit funky, mate. The Oversteer Podcast on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Okay, with that. Those are the kids. They were the, they were the young peoples. Mm. Um, okay, with that. <laughs> I, I, I think we have indeed reached the finish yeah, line. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And M4. Thank you. Thanks, too, to our studio producer, Bad to the Bone Barbara. He's angry, but always fair. And our generous sponsor, the Winton Motor Company, proud maker of the Winton Turbo and 100 years young in 2017. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or anything else that's on your mind. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CG Podcast 
or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Remember to subscribe and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the podcast. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, why sit in the passenger seat of life? Go on, take the wheel. Da 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 da